I remember um, we had an issue with one of our episodes before, and Podbean was like, hey, uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, all right, thanks, guys. Yeah, so Warefare. I like to be clever with my titles, but this case, I was just fucking stupid. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he made a joke during the show that I haven't heard yet, but I'm like, let me just. What'd you think of the the Modern Warfare Two episode? It was pretty good. Yeah, I was, was pretty good. Yeah, covered I, some some good stuff, I guess. It, yeah, I enjoyed it. It brought me back a little bit because I was playing the new Modern Warfare last night while I was listening to it. Good stuff. Good and stuff. I'm learning um, that the more I pay attention to the in-game audio, the worse I do. Yeah, you and, think it's um, like counterproductive on like Siege. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, there we go for the episode. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, just I. That's what I'm. That's what I'm learning. I'll talk about it a little bit when we hit the gaming. But um, formulating opinions, you know. Sure. Sure. Formulating opinions. But other than that, Gabe, are you racer? Oh yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 138. 138. Yeah, we are back on the south side of Chicago on a Sunday night, which looks like fucking the end of the world because how dark it is outside. Because, yeah. obviously, uh, was it fall? Yeah, we fell We fell back. It's the good half of the year. Yeah, it's the good half of the year when it gets dark at 4 o'clock. It's good stuff, though. But, I, I mean, uh, sleep. Yeah, well, I'm, that too. I'm curious to see what my sleep schedule is going to be like now because I usually have trouble getting up in the morning. Yeah. But let's see how, how bad that hour offsets me, I guess, right? Or offsets in a way? Yeah. Negative offset? No, it's positive. It's negative positive during offset. the spring because it springs okay. forward and you yeah, lose right. an hour. So, so I'm curious to see if I'll actually wake up in the morning. Well, I guess keep us updated on that. Yeah. You, you know, nothing's... There's no better alarm clock than your mom or you're like your pet throwing up, right? My mom... <laughs> your pet throwing up. My mom used to do like reverie like with her mouth. Like, do, 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 do. like I'm like... Oh, my God. Yeah. She was like obnoxious as shit back in the day. Sorry, mom. Shouting out. Yeah, so, my mom's relentless too. She'll yeah. be like, Gabriel. And I'll be like, uh. And then like 30 <laughs> seconds later, Gabriel. And just start like knocking on my door and nah, shit. I know. Right, right. Oh, no. But yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful night on the south side of Chicago. Not too cold. Uh, and, you know, it's November, the first show of November. Can't believe it's finally, no, it's already November. It's this crazy, year. right? Like that's, we were talking about it last week. Like, shit, it's already November. Yeah, that's that's insane. But uh, real quick, Gabe. How you? How's your week been, buddy? Good, man. It's been a lot of uh, Halloween movies mm-hmm. and just kind of relaxing a bit. Um, that dude, that's probably the majority of my week. Really? Yeah. So okay. good stuff. Interesting. So I was actually doing, like I said, I was listening to your show last night as I was playing video games, and um, I actually ended up scrolling back to some of our older episodes, right? Because I really want to pinpoint exactly how long I've been doing the intro. How I've been doing it for this show, for this show, yes, okay. uh, and it's up episode twelve. I've been doing it. So the we've way. been doing it for one hundred twenty-six episodes. Yeah, wow. uh, episode twelve is the one that I officially like got it right. Like how I've been doing it ever since, because there was like little variations mm-hmm. in between everything between them, and then I nailed it down. You know, I was listening to yeah, listening to some good stuff on there, some older episodes. Uh, your is, first, is it weird? Yeah, it's definitely weird. Your first show was which episode five, three, three. Actually. Okay, but episode three. Um, and I was telling Adriana, I don't know if I'm actually getting better at this or maybe back then I just had more energy because I would talk extremely fast on the podcast before. I, I think it's a lot of, um, that mic mentality. 
You know what I mean? Because okay. like my, my co-host on the Exploration Podcast, he hasn't been around a microphone all his life. Uh-huh. And so sometimes he'll get like really robotic and he'll like start to talk like this. I'm like, slow down. Yeah. Slow down, man. Okay. You got to seduce the mic. A little bit. Spit into it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, dude, I mean, we've been doing the show for f- literally four years now. Yeah. Going on five, which is crazy, right? Insane. And uh, I mean, I hope after four years, you know how to seduce a mic. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like I said... Um, Maybe I was just a little bit more energetic back in the day, but as far as speaking, I was like a mile a minute yeah. on that show. If you listen real close, you can hear myself holding me back from doing this show's intro on my other podcast. Yeah. I'll take like a real deep breath. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> I got to figure this out. Fair enough. It happens, man. But uh, any other fun tidbits or like weird things? Do you feel like you're listening? Well, obviously you're listening to a past version of like Jacob and Gabe and when your wife and Adam were still on the show. Yeah. Is it weird hearing like your point of views and your experiences from a much kind of younger unmarried guy? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a little weird because it kind of feels like a different person a little bit. Yeah, you it know? does really. I mean, um, I mean, overall, I think my opinions are still the same. But it, like I said, I think you could hear, especially as time goes on, the tired in my voice being mm-hmm. a parent that gets tiring. Um. And just, I don't know, I will say, I mean, um, Adam did a pretty good job of producing the show back in the day, but like, I think we've definitely sound way more consistent over the last, yeah, you know, 50 or 60 episodes when we got this set up as is, uh, cause with Adam, it was like, it sounded good, but like it was different qualities of good throughout, you know, our life cycle. There's a lot of experimentation. Yeah. A lot of, d- of different microphones. Cause Adam and would, content too. Yeah. Adam would just plug stuff in. Uh, I think uh, I also saw the first episode where we had an actual agenda, which was like six, seven episodes in where I would actually map it out like in order as opposed to just bringing up random stuff. And and it was only you that had the agenda too, right? Yeah. There's uh, we did a whole show where it was just us without an agenda, just shooting the bullshit. Was everybody there for that? Yeah. Me, you, Adriana, Adam. That was like back in the day. You remember when we had a Nick Polk on the show? Yeah. We had a couple uh, of those episodes. Yeah. We had a few of those. I had a few with my sisters, my sisters on in different, different times periods, the two episodes with my mom. Um, so yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was just going back through the archive, I guess, and looking around. Uh, cause sometimes I just get curious about how things have changed. So now question, cause I think I've easily been the most consistent of your co-hosts. That's not even close. Yeah. yeah right. So when you listen to these prior episodes, do you, th- do you see the change? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, but cause the original you coming on wasn't supposed to be like a permanent full-time deal. Oh, cool. Thanks. No, no. I mean like, cause I figured, you know, um, you, you get a rotating cast. Right? Yeah. That was the whole point of the show. It was, I was going to bring my random friends on on that particular episode where you came on for the first time, we were supposed to have Chris Forrest and Ponce was supposed to be there. And uh, so much for that. Yeah. Tommy Markham and all that. And they just, it just fell out. And you know, and I were like, well, let's just hang out and talk about magic. Cause that was your first episode. It was the magic episode. Damn, yeah. was I actually playing Magic at that point? Yeah, in time? you had, you had just started to get oh, into I, it. Oh, I just bought the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when I want to do something, I'll splurge on it. Yeah, really yeah. bad. Well, yeah, that's what you basically what you what we ended up talking about. I'm like, Gabe has the tendency to you know kind of go nuts when he gets into things for the first time because you you enjoy doing that. Alton was supposed to be on the episode too. He's he still this. wants to be on an episode. Well, you got to get him on. You got to get him on. But um, yeah, man, it was an interesting thing, especially uh. From you being a contributor to the show to being a full bore co-host, like and doing most of the agenda this nah, week. Well, hold, well, relax, relax. This right? week, yeah, yeah. This okay, fine, 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 fine. All right, <laughs> but um, yeah. And before I shared, I didn't even share the agenda with you guys before the show back in the day. It was just mine. Weird. Very cool. Yeah, different, different stuff, different formatting, and we've grown. I think for sure in a good way. I yeah. think if you follow this podcast for long enough, or if it's like 
your parents maybe that tune in every yeah. dozen episodes or whatever, like they can hear. And you've known that we, we've grown old and tired and <laughs> you've grown a beard. Yeah. You know? I've grown a beard. Yeah. For just, I'm going to get mine till the end of the year, dude. I don't know if I got the jeans for it. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to find out, I guess, right? Yeah. We're going to find out. Cause I'm like, well, there's something here. <laughs> but I look like that dude at the park that's trying to bum a cigarette off of like a fucking, you know what I mean? I mean, I think you got to give it a, a, a actual shot, you know? Yeah. Well, because we're at that, we've been at that point in our lives where we're like, we don't need to shave. Yeah. Because UPS was a clean shave policy and all that stuff. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, shit, now do I get all the piercings and tattoos I want or, yeah, you know what I mean? So now it's like choices. Definitely. For sure. For sure. But all right, man. Uh, didn't mean to go on that little tangent, but we did. But you do have notes, so let me know what you got. What's cool. this? So, uh, first of all, um, it, it feels like a total... I don't even know how to describe it, dude. Let me just get right down to the story. NASA is sending four astronauts to the moon for two weeks in 2020. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you feel about that? I think it's pretty awesome. I, this, this is the first like long, longer-term stay that we've seen, right? Yeah, I mean... I, it's been a couple of hours and then home. Yeah, I, I don't even really recall a particular... Um, I mean, granted, you know, I wasn't like all over current news when I was a child, but I don't really recall a, a manned mission to the moon. When's the last one they had? Well, like even then, I think when you think about the big ones, it's the first one. Yeah, it's Apollo thirteen because they yeah. got yeah they got stranded, and then it's your favorite <laughs> sci fi movie. Yeah, and you know what I mean. I, and I think this is kind of a big deal because, you know, granted, two weeks isn't a fucking lifetime. Yeah, but two weeks is enough to be out there, check out whatever you need to check out, and kind of make some greater kind of analyses because the next step in our human evolution is to colonize other planets for sure you know and we can get into the whole uh, fermi paradox and all that stuff but i don't want to you know do a crazy deep dive on that that's maybe a content for like a day we don't have an agenda you know what i mean <laughs> and that's that's one of those days where we're gonna have an old school second city kids podcast where we just fucking Shoot yabber shit. on and yeah. just drink beer and shit but we gotta well, do that how do you feel about that man two I, two whole weeks for astronauts that's very cool man um like you said we're at that point in, in, our, in our in our human evolution where it's necessary um maybe not so much to colonize but to explore our world in a deeper way right because not bef- even our world other worlds well, other worlds yeah our universe in a deeper way um, because before the first time it was just an arms race. They just tried, they just wanted to get there first. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a particular agenda. Competition on, is good. Yeah. Didn't have a particular agenda on the matter. They just wanted to get there first. Right. Um, so that was kind of the point. I actually just saw, I don't, I don't, I don't know the title of it. So, um, I actually just saw a, um, a commercial for an Apple TV show where it's basically the whole story with, you know, going to the moon, but the Russians got there first. Yeah. So. Well, that's a whole other topic, man. Apple's got their own streaming service. It's yeah. like, well, you know, we always joke, like everybody has their own podcast. Look at this one, for example. But like sure. now everybody has their own streaming service. I will say, though, I mean, I don't know how you feel about but this particular thing, but I feel like, I mean, obviously podcasting had been a thing for quite some time before we got into it, obviously. Well, before you got into it. Because yeah. I had a podcast before True. this one. True, right? Uh, so before, our, you know, the show existed. But I feel like it's really like ramped up over the last couple of years. And I feel like we were kind of like slightly ahead of the curve in that regard. I think we're... I don't want to say early contenders because yeah. like JRE's been at it for like what 10, 15 years now. Yeah, about ten and years. The Corolla show's probably been yeah like eight maybe. Kevin Smith's had a show for a long time. You know, I, I mean, Comic Book Ben is one of the things that kind of inspired, I'd say, a big chunk of the show. It's just absolutely well, well, you know, we obviously don't have that intercut between like the reality show, but I yeah. think those conversations that they had at the table is what brought us here. How the fuck we get from here to there? Um, <laughs> anyway, here's my final question for you in regards to this topic. Sure. So um, the when 
you know, the final bonus mission of Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and the term for when you have sex on an airplane is the Mile High Club. Yeah. What are we going to call this if you pork on the moon? Huh. Yeah. Because you can't say Million High Club because I don't think it's quite a million miles. I think it's like 280,000 if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. I, I, let me look it what up. What would I'm, you I'm kind call of... porking on the moon? Huh. I would have to actually think It is 225,000 miles. I would have to... Th- yeah, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same way. I would have to think about that, Gabe. I may have to bring that to you next week. And you know what I mean? Maybe give you some the shitty... The quarter million mile club? Because I mean it's there, but it, it's, it's still not... Is extravagant. Yeah. And you can't say space club because that sounds like a kid's activity. But It does. It does. Mm. Shit. Yeah, it's an interesting one, huh? Sounds like a place you send your kid over the summer vacation. Like space camp or some shit, yeah. right? Yeah. The rocket club. The rocket high club. That's not bad. That's not too That's bad. That's not great. It's not bad. Fuck, man. We're going to have to think space about this Space mountain. One. Because <laughs> Space Mountain <laughs> Expedition Everest. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have to think about it. Maybe I'll, I'll, you know, I'll shoot some Because we have to coin this term. We do. You know? We got to put it out there. Dude, if I was one of those four, why would you not make it? I was the first man to have sex on the moon. Think about that. You yeah. would literally be like a living legend. Yeah, man. We're definitely going to have to think about that because that is a very true statement. You know what I mean? I mean, I, this is assuming that there wasn't some kind of fornication at some point in time during some of the other missions. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't think they would admit that, even if it was true. Right. But, but I mean, like, we, we can't pinpoint the first man to ever have had sex. True. But now this is a time in our history where we rec- where we can record such effects. The sure. first intergalactic club, intergalactic planetary. <laughs> the back... Sh- the... Anyway, next topic. Uh, yeah. Halloween. Uh, it was nice, slushy, cold, and disgusting. Absolutely. How was it over here? Nice, icy, cold, and slushy. It was kind of unfortunate. I This is the first white Halloween that I recall. At least in an extended period of time. I always like the meme because there's the meme. It's like it's, it's it sucks trick or treating in the Midwest because you can never be just Spider Man. You got to be Spider Man with a fucking jacket on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that does suck. But um, as far I mean, I had work. Um, my class started on Thursday, so uh, you know, I was kind of here. Uh, from what I understand, the girls laid low. Uh, the baby did not go out. Um, they watched Universal Monster movies without me, and they only got a handful of trick or treaters. So pretty quiet on the how to meal front when it comes to of Halloween this year. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, um, Halloween is not my favorite holiday. It's funny. Cause I love everything about it, except the, f- the fact the trick or treating. The tricking treating aspect of it all. I like horror movies. I love the weather, things like that. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, what is your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving, Christmas, Christmas is my favorite holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it has been tainted over the last 10 years or so of my life because of uh, family and all that. Extra. Well, no, just because of the business that I'm in. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Just because of the business that I'm in. Is this, will this be your first uh, peak season away from the ups? Away from the ups. When did I leave ups? Oh. I left May of 2018. So no, it will not be last, my first. Last year was your first. I uh, I think I mentioned it on a show last year that oh, I got the itch. Right. That it feels weird to not be doing anything. Oh yeah yeah yeah, you did mention that. Yeah. You're right. There was always something special about coming in on a man. I swear I mentioned this on like two or three shows ago. There's something special about going to ups on like a Saturday, Saturday morning start, yeah. and knowing that they're gonna buy you food. Well, you're gonna get food at the door. Then your full time soup's gonna buy you like a real meal from you know, somewhere yeah. and that you're going to be bullshitting with your buddies on the gradings and yeah. not really doing much yeah, work because you you're so that. grossly overstaffed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, definitely. Remember that? Oh, were you there? No, Yeah, I was. No, I'm saying, but I'm trying to remember 
uh, when the <laughs> tactical supervisor was the orange cone. Were you there? Were you yeah, there? I was there. Yeah, you were there. When, for uh, that it was when Mario went out for a smoke, and we're like, "Look, it's doing a better job than no, you." No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he didn't want to. He, I was loading. He didn't want me to load. He wanted me to run an area, and I'm like, "I'm not running shit." And then he started to cry. And then Josie's like, "Well, fine, you're <laughs> loading to Joe to Mario, and Jacob's running." I'm like, "I'm not running shit." So I put the radio on. The cone. The cone. And then at that point, the joke was made, hey, look at the cone's doing a better job than you. But uh, that was back in the day. There's a lot of good Saturday sort things. Were you there for the big um, tape ball? Yeah, I, you were that, there for the that tape was, ball. I was there. Yeah, I, 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 I taped the ball. Yeah, that was me. Oh, uh, yeah. shit away. Yeah we, got, yeah, we got yelled at. Yeah, I do remember that. It wasn't even in like the first hour. It was like after a couple of hours. Yeah. I was like, guys, we got higher ups. Put that shit away. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, Josie would get upset. Remember when we used to tra- trail together uh, hazmat pouches and then you would give it like a tail? It would be like a cape for some people. Like I would pin it on the back oh, of Josie man. and he would get so <laughs> fucking pissed off at me. Oh, my God. I can't remember who it was, but somebody got me and I did like the T-run where I like ran through the secondary <laughs> and I like jumped and I had like a tail of like 10, 10 <laughs> pouches and it looked like a fucking cape and I was like just jumping. I mean, it was, it was, the hijinks was real back in the day. I used to tape up phones and call. And I was a so many dumb things. Were you there when Alton taped his shoe shut? Yeah, the, the sole of his shoe came. Yeah. I, I have a picture of that somewhere. He just <laughs> shaved, taped that bitch shut. He looked like a hobo. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we got to get some of our former coworkers on this show, and because I got to get. Well, I'm trying. I've been trying to get Phil on for like the last five years. So, um, yeah, Phil. Phil definitely has the most overlap between us. Yeah, I yeah. think Forson. You and Forson probably have more overlap. Yeah, me and, then, me and Chris stayed together for a long period of time, dude. We jumped from wing to wing together just about. But yeah, you and Phil were, were together for a while. Alton. Alton, yeah. Oh, man. Me and Phil were together for so long that I made like memes of like our faces photoshopped on like <laughs> I do classic that. duos. I do remember that. That was pretty funny. Um, I trained Phil, t- kind of, kind of. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, to- I told him all the secrets, signing Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne on... <laughs> the shipping papers and all that anyway let's get into this agenda yeah sorry because we've been segueing hard and we're not even at movies tvs and books so uh D, the writers from uh game of thrones hop off the star wars trilogy yep how do you feel about it so essentially what happened is that um i guess disney didn't tie them down which i think is kind of hilarious and this is uh the old republic trilogy right well they didn't say particularly what exactly it was going to be it was like an unnamed project because i believe when we announced that they were hopping on i believe it was for the old republic that's what i think that's was speculation but i don't think that was ever really proven because mm-hmm. favreau is the same i think that was also rumored for him too he was gonna get his own set of movies too but yeah so i guess uh disney didn't tie these guys down which i find hilarious and uh, these guys have opted to do a Netflix. Netflix paid them a lot more money mm-hmm. to do a Netflix series, an undisclosed project at the current moment, uh, which kind of leaves this branch of Star Wars movies without a writing team. Which, with that being said, uh, I actually looked up these guys. Okay? okay, I don't, I don't know their names offhand, but I actually looked them up, and I'm starting to believe that it might not been a mutual decision because these guys did like Gemini Man. They've did probably arguably the, the worst couple of seasons of Game of Thrones, and I think. Well, they did. I think they closed it out really shittily. We're not Game of Thrones fans on yeah. here, but from my understanding, your Dragon Show ended pretty shittily. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, I think maybe there might have been some reluctancy on Disney's part to like give them full bore. So maybe they were again speculation. Shut the bed. Well, not yeah. Shut the bed. Maybe Disney saw like maybe what they were working on. And they're like, we're going to make adjustments. And then they're like, well, we don't want to make adjustments. Well, it's like, well, 
See you next time then. Maybe come back around another day or something like that. Good stuff. With that being said, um, we don't know what exactly what the project is, but like I said, I want Favreau to head spearhead this um, you know, an old republic um look. And uh Well, you don't even have anything invested in that. I have years of my life invested (laughs) into the old republic. No, I know, yeah, I know. But um I just think it's a very fascinating time to tell Star Wars stories. Isn't it kind of weird that the big battle between streaming services now is originals? Like, you know, like Netflix has the cash cow of Stranger Things. Like yeah. Everybody loves Stranger Things. And Disney's pulling all their content by, like, what, 2021? Yeah. Uh, all their Disney, Star Wars, all that good stuff's going to be off every other platform. Yeah. So Strange, it's going to be weird, man. Because we jumped from cable, which it was intended to be this commercial-free programming. That's why you paid a premium, right? Mm-hmm. And then that got really ugly really quick. Yeah. And then now we're on streaming services. And originally there was Netflix was like the big one. Then there came Hulu. And then, you know, for all you extra people, Showtime and this and that and this yeah. and that. And now Disney's in the ring. Yeah. And now this got ugly really quick, too. Absolutely, it did. For sure. I mean, uh, it's funny. Cause now I, Apple, too. Yeah, Apple's in it. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because uh, me and Adrian, obviously, we were going to hop all over the Disney streaming service, like no big deal. But it actually turns out because I'm a Verizon customer, I actually get the first year for free. Wow, that's so, see, there you go. Fucking outstanding value. I'm gonna get it done, and after that, we'll get the Hulu bundle with the ESPN Plus and all We're that. We're getting a second Lizzie McGuire movie. Lizzie McGuire. They're getting the the uh, Monsters Inc. Um, series, which is taking place after the original. We're getting the Simpsons on board. Simpsons, are, which is you on. didn't believe me. Yeah, you know. Wait, okay, wait. I, I was proven wrong. Oh uh, um, man, I hope we get Malcolm in the Middle. That's got to be on there because that's a Fox original right i guess we'll have to wait and see on that's that. probably like right on the border of what's acceptable at disney yeah probably yeah <laughs> a, little, a little bit uh but that's the thing i mean they could kind of do whatever they want with this whole entire thing and it's yeah. kind of it's uh, we've definitely entered uncharted territory because this is like a new war that's being fought granted it started a couple years ago when netflix kind of blew up and hulu came around and all that stuff but follow-up question so sure. you know how disney vaults their movies after a certain period of time for right. like x amount of years and then they're like oh back from the vault in yeah like five years yeah do you think that um, the Disney Plus streaming is going to disrupt the whole vaulting value and that kind of sense of urgency for people to own something? Not necessarily because I feel like a lot of that value comes from the additional content attached to it, like all the like behind the scenes commentaries, behind the scenes, all that stuff. Uh, we got the Cinderella one, and it actually has like tape of Walt in a meeting talking about the film. Like that's that's incredible. That's insane. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of that behind the scenes stuff is definitely where the value is, and the physical copy itself, because you know how beautifully the, you know the DVDs and Blu-rays are put together these days, the artwork and all that good stuff. So not necessarily, because um, it's kind of like saying, well, streaming has kind of affected Blu-ray sales, and you haven't really seen or heard anything of like that. I mean, I still like physical media. Me, That's yeah, well, I mean, me too. That's if I point. like the movie enough, I will buy it. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And I feel like I don't know. I just feel weird about totally depending on streaming streaming because like if the internet goes out you're in trouble you know what i mean yeah so um (laughs) that's why i try to stray away from it even with games i mean i've recently taken a more uh more of a digital approach the last couple of games i've bought but i do enjoy the physical copy especially like you said when it's something that you care about well um because they just ported the witcher 3 over to the switch two Mm -hmm. weeks ago Mm -hmm. and uh yeah let that sink in right Mm -hmm. um but uh, the guys who ported it over did all this crazy stuff and they wrote like a whole ass thank you note on the inside of the case and all that stuff. And it sure. came with all these goodies. And I kind of miss that, man. Like how many games or even movies come with all this extra nice stuff? Unless you're paying like 25, 30 bucks for the nice steelbook edition, right? Absolutely. It's usually pretty plain Jane. 
Yeah, no, man, it's it's, it's a strange world we live in, man. It's, I, I like a lot of a lot of the steel box stuff that we've been getting from these like retailers. You know, I, I like that stuff. It's man, dude, I love it, but I hate it because it's like I want everything, and they're always like at least fifteen dollars. Really? And I, yeah, because I mean, like the Target, I know Target has theirs. Best Buy has their own line of exclusives and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's always at like twelve or fifteen bucks starting, right? And yeah. If it's a newer movie, good luck. Yeah. But it's like, well, I can get this for fifteen dollars, or I can get the regular fucking Blu-ray for five. Yeah, and you I know, feel it's like this like weird decision you got to make. I feel like something that the Blu-ray has done infinitely better than the DVD is the bundles. I feel like we got bundles of stuff these days, or at least maybe it could be just red tape and what company owns what or whatever that's changed. But um, like. We didn't have a Halloween bundle when DVDs were prominent. We didn't well, have. Well, because people, I think now people know that they want a complete set or a yeah. collection now. You know what I mean? Do you think that's a new thing or do you think that's something that's been I forever? I don't think it's a new thing because I got a, uh, it, it was like a mini Scorsese collection on DVD many, many years ago. It was Goodfellas, uh, Departed, Aviator, and mm-hmm. Mean Streets. That's good. And it was those four movies for I think like eight bucks. And mm-hmm. it was the best fucking eight bucks I ever spent. No right? shit. But I feel like now people are like, like, you know, when eventually martin scorsese passes just kidding he's a legend he won't pass mm-hmm. um people are gonna be like i want a really nice fucking scorsese collection or like the tarantino when he finishes movie 10 mm-hmm. that collection's gonna be in a suitcase that lights up which is the thing from pulp fiction absolutely right? yeah i think people are more drawn to that yeah interesting hitchcock got a good collection like i mean even shows i love futurama and I think the box set is super cool. Yeah. You know, you could find a cool box set for pretty much anything. Yeah, man. It's just a, a weird thing. It's actually kind of funny because technically DVDs aren't obsolete yet because everything that was on VHS isn't on DVD yet. yet. So it's kind of weird. Right? I mean, you're always going to have your oddballs and stuff that just never get translated because, yeah. you know, they had like 10 people watch the movie ever or it was a home video or Abs- some shit like that. You yeah. Know? Weird stuff. But uh, yeah. So that was an interesting conversation. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to... The next thing, Gabe. You, cool. You, I got a movie review for y'all. Last night I went to go see Zombieland Double Tap. Um, what are your feelings on the first movie? I love it. I think it was a gem for the time. We've talked about this before. I love how all these people are now Oscar nominated or winning actors and actresses. Uh, so just the pedigree is just outstanding now with that. And uh, like I said, underrated. Uh, I think it was at a perfect time during the zombie boom of you know the last decade. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy this stuff. Did you happen to listen to the zombie episode that we did? I haven't gotten all the way through it. Man. You're going to get kicked out of that. Anyway, okay. back to my movie review. If you like Zombieland 1, um, you're going to love Zombieland 2. It does okay. everything the first movie does except 10 times bigger, 10 times better. It doesn't waste any time setting up these characters, which was granted needed in the first movie, mm-hmm. and it gets right down to business. Everybody new that's introduced is fucking hilarious. The gags are just over the top. Um, just all this good stuff going on left and right. And it is set 10 years after the initial outbreak in 2009. Okay. And they make so many good fucking references to the first movie. They pay homage to it. They do all this ridiculous fucking shit. And I'm going to say it. I like it better. I like it way better than the wow. first one. Like leagues better. Okay. And me and my girlfriend were having this discussion on the way over. And she says, I don't know if I like it better, but I like it at least as much as the first. Wow. So um, I think they waited enough time for us to kind of miss it. Yeah, to definitely miss it because we did rewatch Zombieland one Friday night, and I was like, I want to rewatch it before we go into the first one, right? Okay. And dude, they did just such a good job of not milking it, and they did a good job of making it feel like this is a Zombieland movie, and you kind of actually give a shit about the characters, mm-hmm. which is weird for a zombie movie, yeah, right? For sure. Um, the whole Luke Wilson thing, 
where they have like the doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking hilarious, <laughs> dude. That shit was so great. And they do. Um, I don't want to give too much away, man. But like, stay after the credits. Okay. It is one hundred thirty percent worth it. All right. Well, and um, go catch that thing, dude. It's great. Ab- absolutely. But I'm gonna ask one very important question about it. Sure. And I want you just let me know. Good, not good. Zombie kills. Better, much better. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm much, not... much more creative. I'm all over it then, oh, man. I, I will give one thing away from the movie. Um, they do have zombie variants now. Okay. So there's three main variants. <laughs> okay. Um, and they kind of explain on those. It's not you know anything Left for Dead. Yeah, or, I was uh, to say yeah. Or Last of Us Crazy, but um, they do add to to some of the comedy and some of the frights and okay. all that good stuff. Good, good, good. Very cool. Good, cool. So what's your grading? Um, I think I'm gonna give it a B plus just because okay. it's a it's a, a really good engaging watch. All the jokes are very well thought out and funny and they, they have good payoffs. Um, you know me, man, it's kind of hard for me to give an A out just like that. It's got to like really hit you on an emotional level. For sure. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So yeah, that's good stuff, man. Happy that you enjoyed it. And hopefully someday I'll be able to check it out. Yeah. Uh, I've been lagging on the movies this year, folks. I can't, it is what it is. righty. So I actually saw this today. So I put this on the agenda. Did you know that Sam Raimi is producing the new grudge huh for those who may not be familiar sam raimi he's the one who does all the evil deads also the spider-man trilogy the toby the one. one yeah or the topher grace one if you ask gabe uh Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so i guess he's kind of known in the horror community kind of a legend in that regard right i think that he's pretty sure. safe to say for that practical effect look right because that's what all evil dead was was kind of that practical effect old school old-timey goodness so I'm kind of looking forward to this. I'm not big on the Grudge franchise as a whole. However, I do think he could bring some good scares. And at the very least, it's a little look fucking cool, right? So, I think Sam Raimi is big on um, the kind of aesthetic of horror. Yeah. And although we didn't see that outright in the Spider-Man movies, I think that the Venom suit did kind of look creepy at yeah. Spider-Man 3. Granted, mm-hmm. that wasn't a great movie. Yeah. But the Goblin looked great. Uh, Venom looked great. I, I think Raimi brings this kind of weird charm and appeal where he's the... I don't want to insult either of them by comparing them, but I think he's like the kind of like adult version of Tim Burton. Like, you know what to expect with Raimi, like these weird distorted faces and weird amalgamations of what is supposed to be a person. Perfect example. Evil dead. Right. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. So I'm on, I'm I'm on board with this. Uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting project. Uh, And yeah, man, it's, it's weird because hasn't the grudge been remade like four times at this point? Yeah, it has. Um, there, there's a couple of horror movies I want to see remade. Um, quick little tidbit. This isn't on the agenda. We watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which one? Uh, the OG one. Okay. 1974, 76. Sounds I can't remember. Right. Um, that movie did not age well. <laughs> really? I don't think it aged well at all. It's funny because it's funny that you say that because I feel like a lot of people say that it's the one that's aged the most well out of all the OGs. Um, you, you know, I, I've heard similar... Um, kind of opinion opinion mm-hmm. that this is the one you should watch and we sat down and watched it last night and I think there's just I, I think I understand where all these like scary movie tropes come from mm-hmm. because you know I understand that it's like a kind of political slash social commentary of the times and this and that mm-hmm. and I do like the marketing ploy where they make you think that this was based on a true story but I think that the movie was shot um, not amazingly and I understand the choices of how to cut the scenes to make you feel uneasy and scream and all this stuff. But, dude, I think if you just sat down and watch it, you're like, you know, there's something you, you know where, like, you know where you stand on the matter. You either love it or, or you don't. So what is your what is your opinion on Leatherface as a whole? 
I, I enjoy Leatherface. Okay. I um I picked him up in MKX. I think it's more than enough that I gotta say, right? Yeah, sure. Um, no, I enjoy Leatherface, but there's like things in the movie where like um I can't remember what her name is. Uh, she runs out of the house. They run through the forest. She runs back into the house, and then they do it two more times, two more fucking times. And it's like, come on, it's like an episode You're, of Scooby Doo. <laughs> it, it really is. It does feel like it. Um, I I don't know. I I enjoy Leatherface. I enjoy the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, but rewatching that movie kind of me, kind of made me, um, take off the rose tinted glasses. Okay. And I think we had, uh, you know, I think sometimes we, we let movies pass and I think we get nostalgic sometimes, mm-hmm. but now I'm like kind of like trying to reevaluate all the things I love without being nostalgic or mm-hmm. with being objective. Yeah, absolutely. Mind. And I think, I don't know, maybe you should rewatch it. It's on Netflix, the original one and, uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. Cause I might be totally wrong. You might still love it. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. And, but I will say something about this. I think, um, it was kind of. I don't want to say hinder because that's not the word I'm looking for, but it was kind of a product of its time, right? They could only execute so much and it was very low budget. That's very apparent just based on the production value of it. It was very low budget. All right. Um, but with that being said, when the remake came out in 2003, 2002, whatever, mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Actually, I thought that was pretty well. And then there, done. I think there was a 2013 remake too. Yeah, but that was like a sequel slash retelling. Yeah. Well, there's a, couple of sequels out there yeah because the direct sequel to the the, the original one is like batshit crazy I, don't know. I think it's like next level or it's like texas chainsaw massacre like next level or something I, I or next know. generation is what it's called. yeah something like that and it's just off the wall and like completely insane so um they kind of ramped up the insanity on that which i guess was kind of the point but it is what it is but um as a whole i i, I enjoy the franchise but it may be something that requires a look because i will say wasn't a crazy uh, Friday the Thirteenth fan prior to um, rewatching it. Rewatching it, and I'm telling you right now, it did not help itself on the on the watch through. I think have. the legacy of Jason is greater than the sum of its parts, because people see him and it instills fear, and you know the hockey mask, right? I, I think he's more of um, not so much for the movies, but for the moments. He shines in moments, but sure. if you watch movies. And stuff like that. It kind of those moments. You watch a Jason Kill compilation. You yeah. don't watch Friday the Thirteenth. Exactly. Part 10, Jason Ex- in space. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So he's he's a moment guy for sure. He's got those high quality. But I mean, moments. perfect example, right? Halloween, OG Halloween, aged like fine fucking wine. Absolutely did. And the literally the best thing that they did to that movie since it released was putting it on HD Blu-ray. Yeah. And I don't think it needs any, you know, tossing all the extras you want. It's extras at the end of the day. Yeah. But that's literally the best thing you could have done for that movie since it came out. Yep. And then we got the sequel, or the real sequel in this 20, 2018? <laughs> Halloween 20, we got Halloween 2018. And uh, Jacob's laughing because we don't even know where the fuck we are. This timeline is so fucking strange. Yeah, because it's so hard. Cause to the keep thi- track. Because we got four movies named Halloween now. Correct. Or, and then... The uh, next one that's coming out will be called Halloween 2 or Halloween Kills or whatever, which is why I think they're getting away from the numerical yeah. naming just to avoid that. Um, so it's going to be Halloween Kills, which is, would be technically Halloween 3. But Halloween 2-3. Three. 3. Yeah. And then there's... It's Hall- like when you save the same file multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Halloween Ends, which would be Halloween's 4 slash 4. Five. It's kind of confusing. Okay. Um, anyway, long story short, there's absolutely. movies out there that age well, and then there's movies that just don't. And I think that rewatching Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of, <gasps> excuse me, brought that to my eyes. And I want you to rewatch it. I want you to, to kind of give me your opinion on it. All right. Because it is look. one of the greats, right? I don't think anybody would argue that it's like probably top 10. 
Yeah. I wouldn't say top five, maybe top ten. Sure. Like, hey, these are like classic seventies, eighties horror movies that you gotta you watch. watch. Yeah. Along there with Halloween, Scream, yeah. uh, Friday, yeah, um, Nightmare, all yeah. that good stuff. You know, Adriana made the mistake of watching The Shining by herself a couple of weeks ago. That's hilarious. She texted me. She's like, I made a horrible mistake. I'm like, what? She's like, I put the shining on. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yes, that'll fucking do it. Yep. That'll disturb you pretty quickly. Um, and with Dr. Sleep coming out, she's like, I want to see it now. I'm like, well, good stuff. Go. Good Let's stuff. Go. I found joy in, um, kind of more unknown titles of the horror genre recently. Like what? Uh, Lake Mungo. We watched it. It is a, it's on Amazon prime. So if you have that, check it out. It is a documentary that follows a family of a girl who drowned. And okay. um, I don't want to give too much away, but that's the basic premise. Does she put on a hockey mask and become Jason? <laughs> no. Um, I think it's good, though. I think it's horror from a different take, from okay. a different side. And I don't want to give too much away because it follows the family and they're grieving and they get in touch with the psychic and that's all you need to know. Interesting. Um, check it out. It's a different take on horror and I like it. Also, Hereditary is on Amazon Prime, which is probably like my favorite horror movie of all time at the moment. Really? Yeah, dude. It's really good. Check oh. that out. I might buy that on, on fucking Blu-ray and just hmm. loan it to you. Interesting. Because that movie's so good. Well, you, I still haven't watched the one that you loaned me last With time. Kingsman. Yeah, we're still getting into Well, that. that's different, though. I think you're waiting for an excuse to watch Kingsman, whereas, <laughs> you know, you'd like be at work waiting to watch Hereditary. True. It's a different vibe. Okay, that's true. That's true. All righty, man. So, that was... let's talk some gaming news. So, right. little, uh, some stuff came out. So, let's go. let's go. So, there were some questions because the Xbox Elite Controller 2 came out and people were like well, why am I going to buy this $100, $120 controller if the Scarlet's right around the corner? The guys at Microsoft were like, uh, all Xbox One controllers are compatible with the Scarlet. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. Because now if you have four controllers for Bone, you'll have them for your Scarlet too if you plan on buying it. Yeah. And I think think somebody like you would seriously benefit from that on the PS5 because you have, what, five controllers? Four? You got that one, the classic, the black, and you got the blue, so that's four. The white. And the white, so that's five controllers you own. So I got the gray. Uh-huh. I got the the crazy the blue. The neon one. The blueberry-looking one. Uh-huh. The blue one. The gray, uh, the God of War one. The white one in the living room. And the black one. So six. And I'm going to get a purple one because the purple one's out. So. so, yeah, I think somebody like you would heavily benefit from that. I think Microsoft is approaching this next gen with a lot more... Uh, care mm-hmm. and love because something like this I could totally see being like a deal breaker. Like let's mm-hmm. say you have both consoles this generation and you know that you're what are controllers now? 60 bucks mm-hmm. to 70 bucks depending yep. on which one you want. So let's just say 60 flat and you know your $240 investment on controllers is going to roll over to the next gen. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Especially if you're interested in buying the Elite. Does it work um, like wirelessly? wirelessly or does it have to be plugged in? It works wirelessly. Okay, because uh, the four it will be fully compatible. Yeah, because the four remotes work on the, the PS3, but you have to have it plugged in via USB. Well, the three work on the four as well, but you yeah. got to have those wired in. Because yeah. we played, I can't remember where we we played Kingdom of Fighters. My buddy brought his PS3 over. Yeah, and he was, and I was like, "Why'd you bring one controller?" He's like, "You have the other two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, what do you think about that, man? I think it's cool. Uh, I think it's the right step. I think. Uh, these companies are finally realizing that we don't quite like, it's not like when the new console comes out, we just chuck the old one out over our shoulder. I, how long did I wait before I bought a PS4? It was like years. Cause you got yours before I did. I got mine opening the other day, day one. So, so and that was 2014. <laughs> Correct. I think I got mine when that battlefront one bundle came out. So that's 20 winter 2016. So almost yeah. three years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my, yeah, I got mine day one. I, I waited, <laughs> I waited by the front door. Yeah. So called off work stuff. I think, um, <laughs> Well, because, you know, the whole PS5 is supposedly retro compatible all the way down to the PS1. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like 
if you have like the PlayStation One, um, what is the fucking called the the Retro Classic or whatever, mm-hmm. the the PS One Retro, you know mm-hmm. that they just made, and those yeah. are those USB controllers? Do we know? Uh, I actually don't know. Uh, if they are USB, they you know ideally they'd be compatible. Yeah. Well, maybe not because they don't have thumbsticks. Shit, because they those were Gen One controllers. Yeah. They modeled them after. Stupid. Um, <laughs> but like you know your PS Four controllers should be compatible. Mm-hmm. I think that. And you, you know, Mr. Fucking $300 on controllers. Over Relax. Here. Um, Relax. <laughs> I think it only makes sense because shit like this is going to count for the long run. I think me and Adriana broke it down the other day because I was telling her, I think, I don't know how we brought it up, but I was talking about uh, how I'm used to the same remote for 15 years at this point, right? Basically, give or take. Because Sony really hasn't changed all that much, um, you know, since the PlayStation 2, right? Sure. So, um, then then it got to me counting how many of these consoles I've I've owned individually. So I think we got down to I own three PS2s uh, for different reasons. I got a new one, two PlayStation 3s, and two PlayStation 4s I own. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So for anybody who may be wondering my allegiance when it comes to these these consoles, and granted not as important anymore, we've talked about that, um, I'm still a Sony guy. So when the five sure. comes, I'm going to be all over it because that's just how I am. Cool, cool, cool. I haven't owned a non-Sony console. Think about this since the N64. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a long well, fucking now time. We gotta, now we got to wait for the N64 Classic. I'm still waiting for Yeah, Why the fuck did they not go with that? Like, you want to know why? Why? Because they're porting a whole bunch of games over to the Switch. So ideally, uh, you'd you just, play your 64 stuff on, on the Switch. Switch. Yeah. yeah, that's going to be the best-selling console of this year. I can already tell you. Yeah, man, you're just the fucking mark for the Switch too, though. <laughs> I I wasn't a believer, but I am. Did you get Luigi's Mansion? I did not get Luigi's Mansion. I'm gonna actually wait for that to go on sale because I'm wrapping up my game of the year, and then Pokemon comes out, so I'm probably gonna get Luigi's Mansion for the holidays. It wasn't like like a big rush, like I need to finish that. Yeah, I'm kind of I have 65 hours in this game I'm playing right now, and I'm probably gonna have 15 or 20 more hours till I wrap up playthrough one. Okay, and I'm not gonna touch New Game Plus because Pokemon's around the corner. Uh-huh. And then I want to play Pokemon and not get left behind in the dust. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, holidays this year, I'll get Luigi's Mansion and we'll play. Please. Because, uh, I say I don't have a Switch, and I'm hearing wonderful things about it. And But like but like you said, though, it's not like a Mario game is one of those heavy story-centric games. I mean, don't get me wrong. It has some great lore. Mario has great lore. Actually, fantastic lore. But it's not like it's a story-based Bro, game. Bro, I bought Mario Kart three years after the game. Two years after the game came out. Two and a half years. Yeah. And am I, am I behind that curve? Maybe a little bit, but yeah. not enough to lose to my friends. True. You know what I mean? That's what counts. Okay. Fair enough. That's what counts, right? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, good stuff. I can't wait for the eight-player <laughs> mode on Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. It's going to be fucking that'd, disgusting. That'll be fun. Good stuff. So, uh, Death Stranded is out. Uh, Kojima's uh, baby. His literal. <laughs> His Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> um, lots of divided reviews out there. I've heard, yes. A lot. We've seen some, like, 95s, and we've also seen, like, some 75s. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so here's what I've heard. The game is purely subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that people are... I don't even know where to begin with this, man. It's yeah, a, it's it's a it's purely hard. subjective experience. Yeah. And I think that if you know you're a Kojima boy, if that game inspire, if that game reminds you of good times, I think you're going to go for it. Yeah. And um, we'll see. I have not bought it. I might get around to it eventually. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't ever a, a, something that I was like super interested in. I am a Kojima fan, but if it's not Metal Gear... I'm kind of afraid of it just because I know what kind of guy he is and I know he's off the wall and I know he's very artsy-fartsy when it comes to his game. It's not nothing wrong with that. It's his art. It's literally his art. Yeah. He makes art. He really does, right? So um, 
I don't know. It's just for me, I, something about Norman Reedus's goopy face being on it that kind of threw me off. Uh, but the, I'm like you. I've heard both sides of the spectrum. A lot of the main complaint that I'm hearing is that I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. Sure. You know what I mean, so I mean, it's like watching movies, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know exactly, um, you know, uh, what my exposure will be to it moving forward. You think you're gonna scoop it if it drops to like twenty, thirty bucks? If, if it gets low enough and I get bored enough, because dude, right now. Um, modern the, warfare. Men's in the modern warfare. If I'm not doing that, I'm still playing a little bit of siege. If I'm not doing that, it's MLB because that's just the type of fucking player I am. Sure, I can't. I can't stray away from my baseball game. I took. I think I mentioned this on previous episodes. But when I buy a baseball game, I own it for six years. And yeah. the, the only reason why I got the new one is because it was free last month on the. There you go. The what's it called? Otherwise, I'd still be playing 18. You know what I mean? I just that's I I dedicate a lot of time to these players. So um, I don't know. It's just how I am. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, we are obviously no review because we don't own it. Neither of us own it. So I will say they have a pretty good looking remote for it. Have you seen that? The piss yellow remote? Yeah. The, I don't like it, dude. The, the old school see-through. I don't like it. You don't like one it? Bit, Why dude? not? Uh, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes when I look at the toilet and the toilet looks back. <laughs> it's like that. Oh, what is that fucking quote? Who said it? Sometimes when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back. That's me and my shits. Sometimes <laughs> I stare at my shit and my shit stares back. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Oh, a little tidbit. Um, they make classic uh, colored shells for the Switch. So if you had like that atomic purple uh, Game Boy or N64, you can get a shell and swap I, it out. Yeah. And I love it, but here's my beef with it. I had a Glacier Game Boy Advance, which is like that light blue see-through. Mm-hmm. That's the only fucking color they don't make for oh, the Switch no. shells. I'm so upset. <laughs> I want to have a matching set. I still have that Game Boy. Interesting. Wow. Oh, no. Good stuff. So we got Diablo 4 at uh, BlizzCon 2019. BlizzCon. Have you heard anything else from BlizzCon? Lots of protests. Really? Yeah, lots of protests. How so? Um, with the whole um, Hearthstone Oh, situation. Okay. Well, explain that. So, uh, this is old news at this point, but essentially, a player won the Hearthstone Worlds Championship, I believe. Okay. And Blizzard, uh, he did a little quick shout out, like free the people of Hong Kong, and Blizzard suspended him for a year and took the prize money away. And then people rioted. There was a walkout at Blizzard, um, and then the resolution was that they lowered his suspension. I don't know if they gave him the money back. But people were protesting BlizzCon. And Mm -hmm. we got two big announcements. The first one being Diablo 4. The other one being Overwatch 2. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that wasn't enough to settle the masses. Was not enough to get them back on the sides, huh? Interesting. But yeah, Diablo Diablo 4, big deal. Not to me. (laughs) It's just one of those games. I've been wanting to. I just couldn't, you know. Yeah, it's kind of the same kind of deal because I know they had it available on the consoles. But I feel like it's definitely one of those games you got to have a PC for. And I know Gabe's like, yeah, but um, I mean, don't look at me. I'm not a Diablo player. No, I know. I'm just saying. But um, so, yeah, I never really felt the need to get it. I know it's big, like a big deal. I remember seeing like the the, the old school or the maybe the first two Diablo. Um, what's it called? Uh, like box. box art. Yeah. The box art with the demon, demon on it. Yeah. And all that stuff. And I'd be like, whoa, what's that? Same thing with Starcraft. I don't know why that's so vivid in my head. Because they do such a good job at designing their box arts, like the World of War. I remember all the th- three expansions really when they came out at like walmart and stuff i mm-hmm. remember looking at those and i was like i want this yeah yeah you didn't even really understand what it was you just like this is cool this no. is cool oh. this is cool looking no uh, yeah definitely not a big deal to me but um it's a big deal to a lot of people maybe one day we'll get get into it down sure. the road um maybe maybe get, maybe we could do a walkthrough together we there have you to, go we have to have a conversation actually because i want to get something in that i want to get sure i want to update the graphics card a little bit just so i can have a little bit more 
flexibility. A little more juice. Yeah, a little bit more juice. Uh, and obviously, you, you built the damn thing. So Yeah, good <laughs> stuff. Um, good stuff. So those are our two big BlizzCon announcements. Um, Overwatch 2. I, I, I didn't want to gloss over that because it just felt sound like it did. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. I do like Overwatch. I was a big fan of Overwatch. I still play it from every time, every now and then. I'm just incredibly amazed about how well games as a service, it, it, you know. It well, it um, it's kind of a different games as a service because you get the core stuff for free. Mm-hmm. The characters are for free. Yeah. Whereas you buy your skins and your emotes and this I, and that. I mean, I don't really. I'm not upset about that. Upset at them about that. As long as I get the content, the content is important. The skin is. I totally agree with you. It's all flavor text. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, you're looking at the dude who has the zombie thermite skin. The blown off face <laughs> yeah, thermite skin. Yeah, yeah, you give that every time you can. I get it. But uh, so, yeah, big deal. Uh, I wonder, you think they're going to bring in like a brand new set of heroes and just well, kinda... All the old ones are coming over. All the old ones. All the old ones are coming over. Oh, wow. Uh, from my understanding. That's not a little cast. That's a, that's, that, a decent... that's 24? That's a hefty cast of 18, people. 18, 24, something around there? Something like that. I don't that. play Overwatch. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I think the plan is to that they're going to bring all the OG ones over. Um, and they showed some demo footage with like Lucian and uh, all those guys. So uh, I guess the next phase is to keep dropping characters and maps. Interesting. I just kind of, you know, it's funny because when you were telling me to buy Overwatch when it came out, you're like, dude, it's Blizzard. Their games last like 10 years. What has it been? Like four? Yeah. That's crazy. That's not, that's, that's pretty good. Gotta that, get, no, that's good. Yeah. But it's not Siege good. I mean, yeah, that's true. Because Siege is going. Yeah. If there was a Siege 2, nobody would buy it. Yeah, this is true. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, like I said. Well, because, not... like, look at Diablo 3. When did Diablo 3 come out? Let's look that up. 2011, probably. Because people still play that. Yeah. It's got to be, like, 2011, 2010, probably. He's looking it up, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm yeah. looking it up. He's looking it up. 2012. 2012, okay. So, six, seven years? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it'll be eight. Yeah. May 15, 2012. So eight years. And that's that's almost double what Overwatch got. Yeah. That's just kind of weird. It's, I mean, like, I don't know. Um, maybe because the first one probably won't have as much uh, juice behind it just due to the fact it's the first one. It doesn't have, at least when it came out, it didn't have quite the name. At this point, I mean, Lord knows what's going to happen with the next Overwatch, right? I mean, at the very least, four years of content out of a game, most of which the content was free. Can't be upset about that. Still better than a COD cycle, which is two years. Yeah, I think it's down to now. Yeah, and at the end of the second year mark, it's pretty much dead. Yeah, it's it's an ugly it's an ugly sight unless it's one of those classic ones that everybody's still playing. But yeah, man, I don't know. How do you feel about that Overwatch two? I think it's um, I think it's time. Uh, I do like Overwatch, um, but I think it's kind of at this point, it's kind of reached its ultimate uh, where it's as as good as it's, it's gonna peak. get. Yeah, as good as it's gonna get as far as what they currently got going on. I think it may be time to maybe uh, up the ante a little bit. Cool beans, cool beans. And like I said, not mad at them because they they did a good job with that game. And, uh, you know, one of those other games where it maybe could be used as kind of a a model for the future as far as, like, how to support your games and love your games and all that. Really, dude, I still think that goes to R6. I'm just saying it's one of them. Yeah, no, no, I totally understand. That's one of them. Totally understand. Maybe not not one, but two. A prime example. Yes. I think easily top three. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All righty, let's get into music news and reviews because we got a lot to talk about. First of all, My Chemical Romance is back. Um, cool. It's been, I think, seven years. 2012 was our last show. I believe I heard that as uh, well. The damn, they're playing the Shrine in L.A., which is a massive 5,000-person venue. It's where... It's sold out just about instantly, too. Yeah, uh, it's where the Ghost Inside played their comeback show. Uh, sold out instantly. Um, I expect nothing less mm-hmm. because it's weird. Um, 
I had a coworker. I don't know if I told the story on the show. I had a coworker and um, his daughter works as like a consultant or an intern or whatever, like part time. And she came in and she's like, are you wearing my shirt? And I overheard this because he sits next to me and he's like, I don't know, am I? And he like pulls up his sweater and it's an MCR shirt. And he's like, huh, I guess I am. And uh, I just thought it was some old ratty shirt in the wash. He's like, I literally bought it last week at Hot Topics. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, they're still selling MCR yeah. stuff. But yeah. how do you feel about it? I know you're not the biggest MCR fan. I like M- My Chemical Romance. Uh, I definitely can admit the impact that they've had. Uh, I didn't like the last album like at all. Sure. All right. Danger Days or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, didn't really like the aesthetic of it either. But this is a big deal, man. Uh, I've seen them live uh, maybe once or twice. Good show. Uh, I'm sure now that they're well rested, and I think that's going to be a, a good fiery comeback. So can we truly call it 29 scene? Yeah. Cool. For sure. For sure. Awesome. For sure. Um, with that, you know, um, maybe not be as excited as some of our other, you know, uh, contemporaries out there, but um, it should be fun. Uh, I don't. They think they said they have. They don't really know what they're gonna do. Like they don't know if it's like a full war comeback or they're just coming back for a couple shows or feel it out. Yeah, that's what a uh, system of a down did. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, make a decision from here on, from then on. on. Another announcement, another return. Yeah, a few days after the My Chemical Romance. I think it's literally the next day. Rage Against the Machine announced that they will be coming back for a handful of shows in yep. 2020. Um, Tom Morello dropped arguably one of the least interesting albums of, was it 2018, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, and Prophets of Rage just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, man? It's good stuff, man. Another, again, same, same, basically copy and paste. I, I understand the appeal. It's just not, I'm not crazy about not your flavor. Yeah. I'm not crazy good about stuff. them either, but, uh, yeah, big deal. Uh, the year of the comeback. I think I texted that to you. That's good stuff, man. You can't you can't hate on these guys for willing to wanting to come back and uh, maybe relive some of those glory days. You know, good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. Let's get into this uh, segment that you have written down: the rise and fall of. All right. So uh, this is a new segment that I wanted to present to you, and I want your opinion on it. Um, basically, what we'll do is something in the music scene. We'll discuss the rise and the fall of. So maybe. Maybe next week we can do the rise and fall of My Chemical Romance, right? Or the rise and fall of Bless the Fall, which is the first one that came to mind when I thought about it. These bands that were got really big, really popular. and Oh, you know it's a good one? Ask King Alexandria because they blew that, up real fucking quick and that, then that would be they're no longer one. relevant. Yep, that would, that would be another one. All right, so I just wanted your opinion on it and uh, if you think that we can do it. I think that we can do it. I, I was kind of hoping you didn't come in here with an idea like let's talk about the rise and fall of this band and i'm like dude you can't just spring yeah, that shit on me that, you know yeah because i figure because gabe is a more of a fan of the the kind of the essay style it's a, i like doing my research yeah that's basically his other show is him doing the essay style presentation which is awesome and why i like it um so i figured why not get a little bit of that going for the the second city you want to do bless the fall i think we both know bless the fall enough to yeah feel it out we can open up a bless the fall next week we will do the rise and fall of bless the fall the rise and bless the fall rise and bless the fall yeah i like that that's yeah. good the rise and bless the <laughs> fall welcome the new segment yeah uh and uh basically like i said talking about the rise the emergence their peak and what's happened sub- 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 subsequently since then and maybe how they've kind of fallen off the face of the fucking earth. Good yeah, stuff. Absolutely. So that will be coming next week. Expect that. That'll be good stuff. Good shit. So uh, you mentioned a segment last week that you wanted to talk about. Uh, songs that mean the most to you were along those lines. You got a uh, which Linkin Park song? Which three <laughs> Linkin Park songs are you going to talk about? Well, I will give you one. Sure. All right. Uh I have a handful of them, but I'm going to give you one to start off with this one. Um, I've actually, I was thinking as we were going, as I was going through them, it's funny because 
some of the songs that I've picked actually have very little to do with lyrical content. Mm-hmm. It is less about that and more about me as I was growing up as I, yeah, as I was growing up and how what I associate these songs with what time period during my life. Right. Sure. But with that being said, this one is both. All right. Um, it reminds me of my grandfather. You probably know what song I'm going. This is one more light by Lincoln Park. All right. Um, obviously, it's a dual prong thing. Chester Bennington being one of my favorite vocals of all time. He passed away. Uh, they came out with a nice you know video for him. Then my grandpa passed away, you know what I mean? And uh, they had, that was kind of a dual pronged thing, right? So um, it was played during my grandpa's funeral video, you know, because he had the videos of uh, all the pictures and him growing up and all that stuff. And it still affects me deeply to this day. And uh, I have a hard time getting through it every single time I listen to it. So that's the number one. Uh, I think that's a little bit more on the news um, as far as like why. I think everybody can understand that. Um so that's one for sure that I wanted to toss out for you guys to kind of ponder. Check it out if you haven't. It's a wonderful song. Wasn't a big fan of that particular album, um, but it's probably the best song on the album. Very cool. Thank you whole. for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, you just want to alternate with these? Yeah. Uh, so mine is actually um, a band that I think we both very deeply respect, but they don't nearly get mentioned as much as they need to on this show, mm-hmm. is uh, Light and Sound by Yellow Card. Okay. Uh, and the reason is because it was on every single one of my summer cruising playlist when I was very young. Really? And uh, I don't know, man. There was something special about driving down uh, like Roosevelt, just blasting that stuff in mm-hmm. the middle of the night or like when the sun's setting. I think that, you know, especially now that we kind of don't have the time to be doing that, mm-hmm. like that dumb shit anymore. I think that I w- I'm very grateful that I got to experience that and kind of have that kind of freedom Yeah. where, you know, before a full-time job commitment mm-hmm. and before being chained down to somebody else and stuff like that. You know, it's just sure. kind of nice just being a kid. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. This one, this one's like all lyrical content and it's one of my favorite bands of all time. You could probably guess Vanna, Vanna digging. Yeah, digging. This one's on here. Yep. Let's tag, let's tag team this one. Yeah. So Vanna digging, um, probably watching them play that song live is probably one of the best moments which every, time? Honestly. Every time. Yeah. Every fucking time. Every time I see Davey Muse hop into a crowd and sing that song with the crowd of people who fucking feel those words. Talking about how, you know, you feel like you don't exist and, you know, you're, you're even alone. Even rocks don't have bottoms like this. Yeah, yeah dude. It's, I, I'm already getting the chills. Yeah. And just feeling like that you're not worth anything and that nobody notices you and nobody cares and the second half of the song realizing well hey there's a community of people surrounding you that care about you and understand you and if you stick together we'll get through it right and it's just a beautiful song like i said i've seen it live five six times probably and every single time he hopped in that crowd it was a beautiful experience right when uh we saw vanna for the last time i cried my eyeballs out i I couldn't i couldn't even (laughs) take it couldn't even take it it was so fucking beautiful and wonderful and i was so glad to see it get to see it for the last time you know so that was one uh or that was my look on it what is your opinion on it um well what's there to be said about vanna or even digging as you know that hasn't already been said on this podcast i think it's the band's magnum opus i think it encompasses everything that they stand for everything that each of those members brings to this collective Boston hardcore movement, really. And, you know, um, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of Boston, but Vanna was really something special because they didn't try to be the hardest band out there. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to be dirty, grimy, heavy, three-minute songs with breakdowns every 30 seconds. They were being honest with themselves, and they made music that moved people, both mm-hmm. physically and emotionally. Yep. And I, I have a love-hate relationship with Digging because I love the song and I love everything it means. 
uh, but I hate it when it comes on and there's people in the car because I like like my voice starts to crack and yeah. stuff. And you know, sometimes dude, you like listen to it. Like I can't remember what it was. I think I was driving home from work not too long ago and it came on. I was like, God damn it, dude! Like it's it's such a nice thing to be alive, even yeah. like when you have moments like this. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's. I don't think we should go any more into it because yeah. we're going to start crying. <laughs> Absolutely. That's for sure. For Good sure, stuff. For sure. Uh, very much in the same vein. Um, another band that we don't talk about nearly enough. We did a retro review on them. It's To The Wind. Uh, they did a song called Temporary Escape. Um, we stumbled upon these guys because they opened up for Vanna, right? You went Correct. to that show. I didn't. Fantastic. Um, and I, I, dude, I don't know what the fuck was going on in my life. It was just all this shit. I mean, you know, I had, um, they wanted to kick me out of school. I was having like relationship issues with like friends family significant others and stuff like that and there was like a point in my life where everything felt chaotic but like not in the good mosh pit kind of way mm-hmm. and i think temporary escape and to the wind did a very good job of saying that uh you know a lot of metal bands say like fuck the world fuck this fuck you whereas to the wind kind of took this introspective view on things and they said like yeah i'm a piece of shit too yeah i, I, I fucked up yeah. i fucked up and i think that's something the band does so brutally honestly and i don't know it's just something about this band that like level heads me whenever i'm having like an ego trip or having just you know like one of those days Mm -hmm. i think there's something about this vein of music that brings me back down to earth and you know it's like be humble be 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 the person you needed when you were 13 kind of shit absolutely uh my next one uh is actually a kind of a softer song uh it's wind and sails level head I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, Wind and Sales is Evan, who was formerly in Vanna. He basically had an acoustic side project that he was doing, and he released this, out, this album. And oh, he has a variety of them at this point. But um, during the time, this is right, almost immediately after he quit Vanna, and talking about how he just saw himself as a an honest man just trying to keep a level head, right? That mm-hmm. was like his whole whole entire thing. Him coming home from this long journey with this band that he had a lot of experience with that he helped founded, you know what I mean? And having it all kind of... At the end, he doesn't have a whole lot. You know what I mean? And he's just trying to keep his life simple and keep moving forward. That means a lot to me. So, uh, and it's just a beautiful song. I would recommend it. Check it out. I'm sure you and Maddie would like it. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it's a very good song. Uh, and again, kind of that dual prong thing. It shares a uh, relationship with Vanna. So, therefore, like I'm connected to it. And uh, I just love it overall. And it's definitely a great song. So, you should definitely check that one out. Awesome. My next one is Mammoth by the Devil Wears Prada. And I think this is kind of an interesting choice because I've listened to the song dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And then one day I was bored and looking through music videos. I mean, you know, sometimes you do that. And there was something about the Mammoth music video where this dude just goes through his life. And the kind of the, the metaphor that they show is he's in his coffin kind of floating through life as all these events happen around him. And something about that, like, just genuinely shook me to my core. Okay. And, you know, I think music... Um, is an art and art is interpretive in every sense of the way but there's just something that like reinforces my core ideas of um, you know you can work all the overtime you want but that's not gonna be the shit you remember on your deathbed Mm -hmm. you know and I'm I'm very much a firm believer of spend time with your family go out Mm -hmm. and do stuff and um, you know live to experience don't work to live if that makes sense and I think that song kind of I don't know, man. You got to watch the music video. There's something magical about it. All right. This one's a layup. I'm sure you've seen the music video for this. Johnny Cash Hurt. Yep. I don't have to say <laughs> easy, anymore. Easy. Just watch the video. You'll understand every second of it. I actually watched somebody react to it. Uh, a guy who usually listens to like hip hop on hip hop and rap and stuff like that. He looked into it and he watched it. He was like genuinely moved. You can tell that he was like 
like fighting off he tears. He was going through it. Yeah, he was fighting off tears because it's just one of the most emotional music videos, song combinations of all time. Like I said, I don't have to get that deeply into it. I'm sure everybody will understand that. Very yeah. cool. I got one more. Sure. And then I'm all out of bullets before it gets into, yeah, the song makes me want to punch drywall. <laughs> um, actually, a kind of recent one from last year, I Always Wanted to Leave by The Plot and You. I think that everything about this album is beautiful, and we went on to rant and rave, and we still do about it. Sure. Um, there's something weird going on here with my feelings in this song. I think that it's a kind of a conglomerate of all the prior stuff I said, mm-hmm. where it is. Um, oh, what's the dude's name? It always eludes me. Uh, Landon, Landon, Landon Tours, Towers, Landon Tours. Tours. Yeah. Um, how he's just kind of being introspective, and he realizes he isn't in the situation that he wants to be in. He isn't in this. He isn't living the life he wants to live. Mm-hmm. I think that you know sometimes that we come to that point in our life where we realize that we need to change. Yeah. And just the production, the vocals, the you know. He has just like this grossly earnest voice about him where it's not overly produced. It's not trying to bring in cash. He's just trying to get his message out there. Mm-hmm. And you really feel it, man. And I think there's something special about this kind of jazzy st- aesthetic and sound that they bring in and dispose, and mm-hmm. especially this song. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. Absolutely. I'm surprised you didn't put Dear Youth on that one. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Dear Youth. I got you. (laughs) I got you. I got you. My last one um, is Dangerous Business, Walking Out Your Front Door by Under Oath. Mm. Uh, I mean, outside of the fact that the lyrics are so well done and the song itself is so beautiful, it's straight up, and this reminds me of when I was a high school kid who um, was kind of a lost, confused pup. I think we all are in high school, right? Uh, And I would take the, the CTA often and a lot. And a lot of times... Uh, one of those days I was feeling really particularly down about myself. I would just ride the, the L in the circle over and over again and just listen to the song because I don't know something during the while, while it's snowing, there's something about snow and this song and under oath and under oath. Yeah. Well, under oath, yeah, you're right. As a whole that it just connects to me and it just makes sense to me. And like I said, and when you're a lost, confused kid and you know, these guys are saying words that just mean a whole lot to you and you're in that environment, which I literally feel it's meant to be enjoyed in. You know, you kind of get lost in that. And I would do that a lot. Like I said, just go around the loop over and over again until I started to feel better. And then I would go home. You know, that's funny because you mentioned to me when we did our uh, There is a Hell, Believe Me, I've Seen It. There is a Heaven, Let's Keep It a Secret album review. It's a 10-year review. You mentioned that. That was exactly one of those days when you just put that on and you were just taking it around in circles. Yeah. Huh. I wonder how many album reviews you could do on the Yell. Or probably. have you, you have done? Yeah, probably a lot. I'd imagine. I I would think that was probably, I mean, obviously I've listened to a lot of music. I'm a, like a music guy, so I've listened yeah. to a lot of stuff, right? But I I would think that's when and where it would have like the most impact on me. Sure. Right? Cause, I mean, there's something special about staring out a car window and watching the landscape roll by. And you yeah. think it's a music video. Absolutely. That's twice as powerful on a train. Absolutely. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. It just, it just had a profound impact on me. And just there's a lot of songs during that era of my life. I could probably make you guys a playlist if you really wanted me to. But um, if you're, like I said, a kid that's going through some stuff, that all basically, and when you retrospect, it doesn't mean anything in the long run, right? It's, it's stupid stuff that, you know, didn't, didn't mean anything. But during the time, it's the most important thing in the world. Um, I think it's kind of funny. And kind it, of, it molds who we are. Yeah. And that's what's important. Absolutely. Because, I mean, we I don't think we'd probably have this podcast without that metal community that we're so, absolutely you know, a part of and behind. Facts. Good stuff. Absolutely. Good stuff. What is our next topic? Uh, you put this on here. Uh, Misheard lyrics. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know me. I like Every Time I Die. You do. Uh, more than your average fellow. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I had an Every Time I Die song stuck in my head. And I couldn't remember the fucking name of it for the life of me because there's so many to keep track of, right? Yeah, they have a bazillion songs. Yeah, uh, and they also do a pretty good job of 
like good album distribution on their set list. Anyway, I was like, I was like, dude, what is this song? So I, you know, I do what a rational person does, and I type it into Google, and I type in a, to my bestest of friends every time I die lyrics, blah blah. And I couldn't find shit, and I was like, man, what the fuck? And I eventually found the the song because I knew it was off. Uh, hot damn it's floater right mm-hmm. and i was grossly wrong because i looked up the lyrics and i was like what the fuck <laughs> so um the real lyrics are to my mistress the bridge uh-huh. i don't feel well but in my head every time i heard it i was like to my bestest of friends i don't feel well <laughs> and i was like wondering like damn how many other lyrics have i misheard that i just never yeah. like looked the lyrics up to you you got a like a funny example oh, of that Oh man hold on hold on hold on i know i do because well, maddie brought this up and she said the cha-cha slide is, the, the line is, um, right foot, let's stomp. And I'm like, no, it's right foot, left stomp. And so now there's this confusion and <laughs> chaos amongst us. <laughs> How do you remember it? Uh, from right foot, right foot, let's stomp. Let's, let's. like let us. Yeah, let us. Because I remember it being right foot, left stomp. You do realize how counterintuitive that is, right? I know, but it's the cha-cha slide. <laughs> Oh, damn, that's funny. Oh, shit, I, I know I have a fucking a memory of something like this. Oh, man, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. I mean, it's only, like, natural for this scene. You're going to mishear something yeah. eventually. Fuck. Oh, fuck. I just thought it was funny because every time I die is my favorite band, and shit. I was like, how do I not know? And Floater's such a banger, too. Uh, yeah, such a good one, right? <laughs> um, but, I mean, I don't think that one's, like, super far off. I think nah. it's close enough. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like. It's basically this. He's saying the same thing. I mean, you get it. Well, I don't think it's the same thing. It's the same thing, though. Is your is your best friend a bridge? It could be. It could be. It could be. Oh man, that's the most emo shit I've heard. Of. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny, dude. C- couldn't think of anything offhand, but maybe maybe uh, watch. We're gonna cut and then be like, oh yeah, that's the one. But oh well, it is what it is. Good but stuff. That's so, yeah, funny, it's my bestest of friends, the bridge. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, so Emir dropped a new single called Figures. What do you think? There's just fucking crazy sonic noises and bass and slapping and screaming. Very cool. That's Emir. That's Emir as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how the public opinion of both uh, Emir and Geese was originally, <laughs> I fucking hate this thing. And then w- one sudden month came along and now everybody loves Geese and Emir. Yeah. And for different reasons, obviously, because it's entitled Goose Game. That's not why people love Emir, but it could be. <laughs> it's the you last know. album. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, as, far, as far as you know. I'm just well, good for them. Yeah. I um, I was never the biggest Emir fan. This single is go, does go really fucking hard, though. You <laughs> yeah. got to admit it that. It goes super hard. Good shit. All uh, right. And we got an album review. Yeah. So, Counterparts dropped their album called Nothing Left to Love. Did you listen to it? I did. All right. Um... You want me to go first? I'll go, go first. All right, you go first. I'll go first. So I did give this album a spin. I am a counterpart supporter, and I'm a fan, right? I like them quite a bit. This album has leveled them up to, like, S tier. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Because I'm a, I, cause that, this vocalist, Brandon Murphy, right? Brandon this? Murphy, yeah. He's Who's, the dude that hits his jewel and then hits the inhaler. Absolutely. And he, he actually hits his inhaler between songs or between screams sometimes, which hey, is hilarious. Hey, man. He's also in End. He's been in a lot of stuff that we've enjoyed recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a high quality, top end vocalist. Okay. And writer. And writer, yes. I told Gabe earlier this week. I don't know if you saw it. I I did see it, and <laughs> I I didn't want to argue because you know the old thing is if you argue with a pigeon, he's just gonna knock over the pieces and shit all over the board. <laughs> it doesn't. Okay, so go ahead, say say your. Thing. I said, wow, who would have thought counterparts would have made the best hundredth album? Because 
there is a lot of that sound. It's sprinkled, dude. It's not a hundredth album. I, there's influences, <laughs> and you could tell that they've toured. I don't think it's a hundredth album. It's too fast to be a hundredth album. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i listened to this album i listened to it once again before you came over just because i wanted to get that my opinion that well taste yeah that opinion well-rounded these guys are these guys have shown and proven that we're guilty of this that hardcore isn't just brutal violent music right it can be 100 percent. we talked about spite and all those other bands Arms that, we, wave. that we reviewed in the last couple of weeks right uh there's an elegance to this that is very hard to replicate, okay? Because, yes, they do have those moments that are meant to get the crowd moving, right? But it's thought-provoking. It's not just slam your head against the wall, right? It's there, There's different levels to it, and they have, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, mastered that on this particular effort, all right? Um, it's just a lot of beautiful music, all right? Hardcore can be beautiful, and they've proven that this hardcore can be beautiful. Um yeah, dude, I, it's funny because talking about nostalgia, as I was playing today and I was going through the album again, I'm like, I did this. I've done this before. I was in my mom's basement listening to 100th Weathered Towns, <laughs> and this is what it was be giving me memories of. All right. Uh, and I know Gabe is going to probably be upset about the whole 100th comparison because if it's just due to the fact that he didn't respond, I'm like, ooh, he probably didn't like that. <laughs> There's... <laughs> Yes and no. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna leave it at that. Alrighty. Um, <laughs> the pigeon thing. That that's funny. I'm still a little thrown <laughs> off about that. Um, so like they have really graduated here, man. This is a coming out party for counterparts because before they were good. They're good. Can't pull them out. Can't pick them out of a crowd. I couldn't. Right. Um, you've, you were very hyped about this moving forward. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it should be, should be fun. Should be good. Um, I'm just gonna say that they have complicated my life when it comes to al fives. album placement. Very cool. uh, and again, I know it's been such a fucking roller coaster over the last couple of weeks. You you know you always have a roller coaster towards the end of the year, like October to December. You're like your top five switches every week. Yeah, but I feel like this year in particular was just very difficult. It's very difficult to place these things. Um, they should be proud of this. All right. Um, I love the aesthetic of it too. It's just everything about it. It's just it's proper. They've done a great. I just pulled one out of the game book. I call it proper. Yeah. Um, man, they like I said, this is an effort that they could uh, they can they can show their girlfriend's mom and be like, look, I'm an artist. And your mom be like, okay, maybe, sure, awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And um, I'm gonna refrain from giving my rating on this. Really? I'm gonna refrain. Okay. So uh, let me go ahead and do my thing. I listened to this album and then I listened to it again and I don't think I've listened to much else over the week and if I'm being honest mm -hmm. with you. I uh you're right, I was super excited for this album, but I kinda got in my own head. I was like, this is gonna be an album that I overhype and I oversell myself on and then I do uh some backpedaling. Yeah, I do some backpedaling on, right? I didn't do any of that. In mm -hmm. fact, I specifically wore my nice Sennheiser headphones to the gym to listen to this shit while I fucking pumped iron. Because you're absolutely right. There is a this weird fucking delicate balance between being over the top heavy and doing uh, just not enough to be hardcore, right? There's this weird balancing act 
like tipping the scales. And if you get it just right, you can elicit all these emotions and fears and anger and love almost Mm -hmm. out of all the shit that you've ever experienced. And I think counterparts, what they do is that they bring that to the forefront of their music because Brendan Murphy is a, he is a good vocalist. Yes. Yes. Um, He is by all means, sonically. I think he's great. Is he my favorite? No, but a writer, he's definitely like top five favorite, like lyrics, right? Because the shit he writes is real, is relatable. And it dude, Honestly, it's it's artsy in, yeah. in like the best way, you know. He has a vulnerability about his vocals that is not easily replicated. And it's funny because I follow him on Twitter, and you know, sometimes the, he just tweets out like stuff. I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. He's he's like real goofy, you know. Yeah. But then when it comes down to writing time, and you listen to this shit pierce through the wailing guitar, that whininess of it, and man, it it hits your soul on a different level. I love this album, and I mentioned that uh, when the first single of this came out. I was kind of joking. I was like, yeah, dude, you ever feel like a song was written for you? Mm-hmm. I feel like this album was written for me. And I hate to be that guy that, I don't know, I feel like we tread on our own feet sometimes, but it's short. It's 32 minutes, but Counterparts goes to prove that you don't need a 40 to an hour long album to get your mm-hmm. point across. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and I think this is the best I can go, sometimes you got to just pile drive your girl for three minutes straight, <laughs> dump your, make like a, Dump truck. Get that shit out and go to work, dude. And I think this is what that Counterparts album does for me. I'm sorry. I didn't bring food to the table this time. But you just got to jackhammer that thing, dude. I actually had a a, um, a metaphor for it. I was going to compare it to like a boxer, Mm -hmm. right? This boxer is extremely capable. He has his fundamentals, and he's really silky smooth and beautiful to watch, right? However... He could also drop the fucking bomb on you if he has to and put you out. That's what Counterparts is in this particular album. Silky smooth, but they deliver the point. They get across and they do a great job with it. And there's a, I don't, I don't even know what song it was because the song's just like, it flew by. It was like an easy listen, beautiful listen. And there's a song with like a breakdown that had like this weird octave thing that I'm just like, what? Like, how did I? It's simplicity, but it's like, you can't do it because like your brain isn't like programmed to handle it. You know what I mean? So. These guys, man. These guys. It's really uplifting, dude, because um, I guess who produced this album, by the way? I'm going to have to guess um, Will Putney. Yeah, he <laughs> produced it. And I think I showed you one of the tweets where, where Will's like, oh, do you have the r- lyrics written? And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I think um, this is what music was made for. This is an album that's going to bring people together. And I've heard a lot of people complain that it's like, oh, it sounds like old counterparts. Fuck that, dude. Yeah, it does sound like old counterparts, but it's everything. All the stats are maxed the fuck out. Well, it's like at the end of Tony Hawk when your ollies and your verts and your kick flip, you know, like when they still had stats in the game, yeah. everything's at max and it's full frontal force. And I, I had trouble comparing this to a food, which is like my, my shtick, right? Yeah, it's your deal. And I had hard time doing that because counterparts doesn't fucking play with their food. <laughs> they demolish it. Okay. And then they play their set. Okay. Top five easy. Okay. Easily. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give this album like a nine and a quarter, dude. You nine are, and a quarter, nine and a half. You can't dedicate yourself to a ten, I, can you? I think my <laughs> issue with tens is it's gotta come over time. I can't give a ten up front. Because a ten album is something I'll always revisit. That's fair. Or, or I'll revisit over time and I'll still have that same sense of amazement and joy and newness. Actually I have to agree with you on that because I did give an album a ten earlier this year and I did enjoy it and I did like it quite a bit. However, I have not touched it since. Alien? Nope. That's not the one. What was it? 
We'll, we'll talk about it later, <laughs> later okay. on a later date. Um, yeah, that, that's my thing for a ten. It's got to be some. It's got to be like my favorite movie. Like I watch it and I still love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because our tastes change over time. It's an unfortunate truth, but counterparts goes to show that just because you're grown up doesn't mean you gotta grow up. Absolutely. Good stuff. Thank you. Not you, counterpart. That's all I'm saying. Like, why, are you thinking, why are you thinking me? <laughs> yeah, top five easily. Um, we'll see as the year goes on. I got to rearrange my four, my top four, and I got a pretty good idea of where everybody sits. But yeah. uh, thank you for those 32 minutes of just, I don't know, man, like cycling it, through everything. It's an experience. Yeah, dude. You kind of, I don't want to say you look back at the things you've done, but it kind of makes you sit down and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Thank you. For sure, for sure. All righty. So you got anything else to add, Gabe? Hmm. For music news and reviews, do I have anything else to add? Um. Well, I don't think I do, actually. What else do we got left for the end of the year? Big albums. Oh, I don't know. You know what's funny? I think because um, our album of the year last year was November, and I think it might be November again this year. You have to wait and see. Good stuff. Yes. I'll, I'm going to have to check our album drop list, uh, but we do already have one on the agenda for next week, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to give it away. But a band emailed us and said, hey, here's the album. It's not out yet. Do the review. Actually, hold on. I actually do want to give him the bright props, okay? I want to give him his name. Um, he actually reached out to us and um, asked if we would review his upcoming, his upcoming album. I want to give him the proper shout-out so everybody can kind of get familiar, and then we could all talk about it. His name is – he's a single man project, right, which is – Oh, you gave it away, you piece of shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, the sounds that ends – oh, my God. The sound that ends creation. All right, he reached out to us. Uh, seemed like a nice guy. We had some back and forth with him. Uh, he gave us an early preview of his album, and we're going to go ahead and check that out. And, and we're going to do a full review next week. We gave a full review next week on the Second City Kids podcast. Uh, Fit for an Autopsy came out with an album, so I'm going to have to get into that too. Yeah, that's uh, that's your lane. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's North Lane. Yeah, <laughs> North Lane. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And uh, other than that, I think that's it. I think me and Gabe are probably going to end up resuming turning back my Mortal Kombat machine on. And I'm going to have to kick his ass. For the record, I don't know if... Uh, what are we, two and one right now? One and one. One, one, one and one. We played three matches. We didn't play three. We played one and one, one, one. All right, so we got to break this tie. Yeah, because I was Liu Kang once. And, no. Sub-Zero. You're Liu Kang, Sub-Zero, and then Striker. And then so Stryker. we did play three. Yeah. So uh, for those who may not be in the know, my mom, my mom, my wife. <laughs> mom. <laughs> my when wa- you call the teacher mom. Yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> my wife bought me the Mortal Kombat cabinet. I put it together last week and it's here and it's pretty bitching. <laughs> but other than that, uh, we will see you here back next week for the Second City Kids podcast. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of reviews for you, including the new segment, The Rise and Fall of Bless the Fall. The Rise and Bless the Fall. The rise and bless the fall. He won't let it go. I was hoping he would, but he didn't. Alrighty. And until then, folks, signing out for Jacob and Gabe. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks. Deuces. Deuces.